This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. My name's Sam Shansky, and I'm here with the World Wrestling Federation champion, Daniel Donato. How's it going? Good. Just beat Dwayne The Rock Johnson. That's what I heard. Go get some sushi. I heard you were a wrestling champion. Yeah. Uh, up until true? seventh grade. Seventh grade is when you kind of capped or, uh, you know. I hung up the, uh, the, the gloves, even though I didn't have any. What happened? I picked up guitar. Just transitioned into the musical world out of the, out of the ring. Yeah. It really actually it was really funny how it happened. Showed up to wrestling practice one day, and the coach said, you know, Daniel, uh, you're going to have to cut your hair if you want to stay on the team. Oh, the hair. And, um, he said, no, sir, I can't do that. I literally just said, I'd rather not. I think I'm just going <laughs> to stick with the guitar. Dang. And it worked, it worked out. Well. Or it is working out. It is working out. How is it working out for you? Really well. Things like this are really a spectacular experience. Makes playing music, writing music, touring for music, all the things you have to do for music, really worthwhile. Mm-hmm. How much time do you put into music? I mean, you have a lot of energy to spare. Yes. I think right now, like this stage of my life, it's pretty much... Um, like all music all the time. All the time. Um, even when I'm not doing music, it's I'm, I'm thinking about music or I'm, I'm driving around thinking about what could be uh, inspiration for music or it's pretty much all the time. I'm immersed it, in it. It's been that way a long time for you too because you've been at this for over a decade now, right? Yeah, 2020, 2019 actually will be a decade of, of doing music uh, professionally. Are you going to do anything to uh, commemorate your decade-long career? Yeah, hopefully get more success. Yeah. That'd be one thing I'd like to do. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe do a party. I think you should. Maybe, Maybe. a folly. Do a folly. Yeah. Indeed, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that could be good. a vibe. Maybe at Dave and Buster's. Oh, you get, provide tokens for your friends and. Yeah, but they have to buy their own sides. Yeah, I think that's fair. So you're living in Nashville. You're playing all the time. You're traveling. Are you are you just focusing on Daniel Donato now? Because I know for a long time it was uh, you know you were supporting other bands and and. Now you've kind of stepped into the main spotlight, which is something that I think that you mentioned that you really have been wanting to do for a long time. So long. Yeah. So long. You know, but it's like only this year was I able to, um, towards the end of this year, was I able to meet 
uh, some people who who like are quote unquote on the team. Mm-hmm. Like there was always like. I was always playing for these artists, and it's like, oh, I have to talk to the team about that. It's like the team, the team. got us. Like, who is the team? Like, so, so I kind of have a team now. You got the team. It's nice because I can really focus on uh, doing my own thing and creating my own world uh-huh. musically. That's well, the vibe, especially for 2019 moving forward. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, maybe this relates to a team and, and uniforms and style and everything like that, like determining what the look is. you got a great look going on. I'm interested in, in what this jacket right Likewise. here is. Funny you ask. This is um, a, a brand called Heliquino. Mm-hmm. Um, he's my friend. He lives out of Italy. And I'm really big into selvage denim, which is like a really bougie side of, of denim. You know, like my father just has like the 501s, mm-hmm. Levi's, and that's what we all grew up doing. But it's like... Very much like music, like I just get into very specific things and I find inspiration in them. Um, so the selvage denim world is like this loophole. It goes, um, you know, you can get Japanese denim, French denim, or American cone mills made denim. Um, so this is Italian denim that is like sincerely hundreds of years old that he found in some church or something. And he made it for me. Wow. And I've never seen a jacket cut like it and I, I wear it all the time. And on it we have a actual pin um, from uh, 78 Cornell, Grateful Dead show. Wow. Which if, if you listen to 5878 um, or 5778 or 77, whatever it is, that this, that's what this pin is from. Uh, it's one of the best live Grateful Dead albums you can get. And so it's, I love it. Where'd you get that? A friend of mine from New Jersey, um, Mike something, sent it to me. He saw me play down at some, some tourist bar on Broadway, and I was playing a Grateful Dead song. And no one else in the bar was listening, you know, because it's the Grateful Dead and it's a bunch of bridal showers and stuff. But he was. And he, somehow he, he, he uh, sent me an email on my website and, and got in touch with somebody. And I, I got home one day from a, from a tour and I had like all these cool Grateful Dead ephemera pieces waiting for me. And this was one of them. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. What are some of the crazier stories that you have to share about playing all those years on, on uh, Broadway? Oh, man. A lot of things. Yeah. What comes to mind? I saw someone uh, close down. They rented out the bar um, for four hours, and they they uh, they had us play. And the guy gets up on stage in the middle of our song and proposes to his wife. Oh. And uh, the wife throws up and says no. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I I stood right there. I was 17, and I just saw this guy get his heart broken. I, oh, I'll never forget it. Yeah. Just watching his eyes. Wow. Seeing the true heartbreak in his eyes. I thought she was going to say yeah, you know, because she because she. You know, he reserved this bar for her and everything, and it was catered, and it was really nice. Um, good coleslaw, and, like, all, he really went out. Texas toast, it was classy. It was in a bar, uh, like, in that style, in that southern Tennessee vein. And she said no. That was terrible. That is terrible. Mm-hmm. So at least you had a lesson on what not to do for a To not proposal. ever get married. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> wow. So, you, uh, you, you know, how big a role does curiosity play in music for you? Oh, yeah. Curiosity plays a role in who I am as a person. Yeah. And uh, who I am as a person directly affects everything I do musically. You know, I think it's kind of part of my job to, to stay curious. Uh-huh. And a way to stay curious is to stay both rationally and emotionally attached to things. There needs to be that, that sandpaper, that fineness in between, where you can't get too attached to, to your ego like when you're playing. Mm-hmm. But like when you mess up, you got to be like, ooh, why? Why is that a mess up? Or, or, or why does this work? Like why am I wanting to go here? inclined and you, you try to go find those things or like you were mentioning to me a minute ago like the spotify mm-hmm. way of consuming music now which is like the related the related artist things right that's so fascinating 
because like you can discover new genres of music you can discover uh, new communities that like make beats in certain ways and like just like east nashville has its sound where i live there's uh you know silver lake in la and it's like there's all kinds of rock and roll albums coming out of there that sound so cool like right. austin bands and so curiosity is a, 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 a instrumental asset to who i am as a, as a musician have you evolved quite a bit since you started all those years ago? Or do you feel like you've kind of, were you already like sort of where you're at now and it's continued to build on it? Or were you just completely a different person back then and it was just As like... a person have I evolved? Yeah, I mean like yeah. looking back, do you think like, wow, I don't even know who that guy was when I started out, but I know who I am now? Or I mean, how does that feel for you? Totally, yeah. I, there's zero part of me that says, I don't know who that guy was. Okay. There's so much to me that says, oh... I see how that guy pushed me to where I am now mm -hmm. and how it's a part of who I am. You know what I mean? I kind of feel like, even though physically I get, I'm getting bigger yeah. like as a person because like, the passion and the knowledge that I have for my instrument, which was, which was all I focused on for years, I didn't even listen to any lyrics. I didn't listen to anything that wasn't a, a guitar-based piece of music. Um, and it's hard to describe the tenacity and ostentatious kind of like uh, focus that I have on that statement, unless you knew me back then. Yeah. It really was that. I was very laser focused on just being like the best guitar player. Um, Is it obsessive almost? I mean, are you just like, are you in a bad mood if you can't go home and play? Or Ooh, man, I'm like up in like, I'm up at like 7 a.m., 8 a.m., like in the hotel lobby practicing guitar yeah. now. So like I still always find time. Um, but like, like I said, like I feel like I'm getting bigger because I don't feel like any part of that person has diminished it's mm. just grown into something that needs more you know what I mean so it's, I kind of just view myself as this ever evolving um uh what's it called um moving doors mm -hmm. of ideas okay and whatever is inspiring me in the moment like what I wear what I listen to what I play it's all all the same thing who are some bands that you have played with along mm -hmm. the way mm -hmm. oh yeah totally like that I've like toured with that or even just, you know, had the, you know, opportunity to sit in with and some, some good opportunities that came your way? Totally. Um, the, the first band that I played with, which, which most people don't know, but if you, if you live in Nashville, it's the biggest honor. It's a band called the Don Kelly Band. Okay. And that band has been around since 86. They've played at the same bar since 86, and that bar is still there. So not a touring band. It was like a... Not a touring band. They okay. play four nights a week, four hours a night. It's like the most Nashville way of doing things. Don Kelly. Don Kelly band. And uh, Don's had some of the best country guitar players um, in the business play with him. And I was the youngest guy to ever play in his band. Oh, very cool. That was huge for me. Uh, I played with a band called the Wild Feathers. Wild Feathers, yeah. Yeah, which everyone in, in this world of genre of music that, that we love so much totally respects. Mm -hmm. And um, like I discovered them right when Spotify first came out. Yeah. You know, I was like typing up a, uh, a science paper on like chlorophyll or something <laughs> and they came up and I was like what this band's from Nashville it's the coolest thing and a couple years later I was playing with them that was cool um Paul Cawthon which oh, I'm yeah. sure you know Paul yeah. Paul's a hero of mine um musically in so many ways um so that's something to name a few I also play with like the Opry house band a bunch the Grand Ole Opry you have okay were you involved in Paul's new album <clears throat> um no no no, no he's living in Texas and yeah the Texas, Texas gentlemen folks. do that stuff yeah and that band's astounding. I played with them too. Um, I wouldn't even want to be on that album because, like, there's I don't know what I could lend that they couldn't. That kind of a thing. Yeah, that resignation song is really good. <laughs> yeah, that is. I like that a lot. Are I you working on uh, albums for yourself, or I know you're probably always creating things, and I mean, 
is there a, a date in mind or a project that you're feeling like honed in on that is going to be coming out at any point? There's like, I'm not working on an album like Paul would mm -hmm. or like someone like the, like the feathers, like they just put out an album. I don't want to do that to have like a label or something. Yeah. Um, and that's just my speculation. But what I am doing is that um, I'm writing songs all the time and I'm recording them and putting them out. Mm -hmm. So I'm recording some songs right here in the near future within like a four week period and I'm going to put them out like within a four week period from that time. Okay. And so until I really start getting material, because I'm so new to writing and singing and, and delivering a song and living in the world of a song that you write, it's like um, I really feel like putting out a whole collection of music might be kind of like a, a firework that that like doesn't make as big of a buzz as you want it to. And everyone's like standing around like, eh. I don't know, yeah. man. Maybe and maybe not, you know. Um, but right now it's just putting out like songs I really believe in and like small chunks. Mm -hmm. I think that's smart. I'm like an hors d'oeuvre. I want to be like a really like, ooh, what was that? Yeah. Like, I want some more. Like, I hope that guy comes back around with that plate. Of, yeah. like, that's kind of my goal right now. I like that. <laughs> yeah. What about the visual side of your artwork? Tell me a little bit about the inspirations. Oh. Maybe as consumed on Instagram. Like how you came up with what it looks like and maybe some influences that you've picked up from along the way. Yeah, totally. The, the biggest three things that inspire my, uh, my aesthetic, mm -hmm. um, I've always loved Jack White. Mm -hmm. Jack White's been a hero of mine since I started guitar and yeah. started getting into music. And that was something he always, from the start, even before he started playing music with Third Man Carpentry, was he was always aware of his branding. He was aware of how people really perceived him. And he really puts himself fully 100% into what that aesthetic is. And it's not invalid and it's not thought up um, to try to meet a trend in a way that's cheesy. And it's really gorgeous and original. Agreed. I love that. So, so he's a big influence on me. Growing up in Nashville is big. Um, I grew up playing down on Broadway with a bunch of these older guys who played with like Merle Haggard, Waylon Jennings, yeah. uh, Willie. And uh, all these cats were like, they would like to wear these cool like rhinestone suits and stuff to right. play at a bar at 6 in the night at 6 p.m. So like that's something that inspired me. Like I always thought, well, if I'm, if I'm going to go play, I got to wear something. I'm not just going to wear... But yeah. I wore to school today. Yeah. You know? Um, and then also uh, a severe love for, like, the 60s uh -huh. in vintage style. So, like, the cosmic country thing, that's kind of where, like, the psychedelic aesthetic will find its way into, into what I put out. So those are the three main variables, I would say. I can see that. A lot <laughs> of it's very, uh, for lack of a better word, um, you know, trippy. Yeah. You're, you're doubling up on, like, sort of layering images and things like that or using a lot of green screens, which I noticed was really cool, and you just put funky stuff behind you. And Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't have known where that was coming from. I mean, it's kind of a combination of, like, almost, like, street culture or, like, current, uh, you know, like, what's that brand? Um, like Off-White? Like, Supreme. Kind of like that stuff. <sighs> like, I pick up that mashed with, like, the Americana vibe. And I don't really see a lot of people doing that. So you're taking things in a place to a place that maybe not a lot of other people are, which is interesting. Thanks, man. Yeah. Erica Badu said a really great thing. She said, uh, someone asked her, like, how she stays relevant with youth, which I want to get relevant with youth. Like, uh -huh. I look at youth as, like, youth culture, like, street culture, uh, as, like, this party that, like, I'm trying to, like, find a way into. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she said she gets there because she doesn't question where it comes from. Um, Instagram's a huge 
a windshield of, of culture for people who aren't directly like living in New York City or like aren't, yeah. aren't in those circles. I'm just obsessed with it. There's just there's just as much passion into like an off-white hoodie that goes into my guitar solo. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, I, and somehow something inside of me directly can correlate those two things and not judge the medium in mm -hmm. which they actually are. And I just try to incorporate that into who I am as an artist. Yeah, it's an interesting juxtaposition of different art forms that I think people will vibe with that's great yeah vibe yeah. when did we start saying vibe all of a sudden like right I after hype maybe yeah hype it was yeah, like someone real. said hype and then uh, someone else over on the other side of the room was like vibe and, then and it was in a starbucks yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's an amazing dream to have um so what else uh, you know are there any other artists that you'd like to give a shout out like friends of yours the people that you know they should know about out there that you're listening to stuff that is inspiring oh you? yeah i'm listening to a lot of kurangbin okay that instrumental band oh they, they kind of say they have like a booker t vibe right like yeah sort of like that but funkier if that's even possible yes indeed okay a uh, margo price uh margo paul cawthon uh, Nikki Lane, Tyler Tyler Childers, yeah, huge influence on me. The Milk Carton Kids, I absolutely love them. What is it about Tyler that draws you in? Oh, he just doesn't care, <laughs> you know. And it's like he really just doesn't. And Sturgill Simpson's my my biggest hero. Okay. Um. So so's John Mayer. So it's like, and that's obviously like the highest tier of 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 an inspiration, uh, personally. Um, Sturgill, John, cats like that, yeah. Jason Isbell, um. These great songwriters and actual and these musicians and yeah. artists. Um, Tyler just straight up does not care. He, I, I wouldn't put him in the same category as someone like John Mayer, who totally cares about everything so much. Yeah, that's an interesting. Yeah, you're drawn to both sides of it. It seems. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's like the. Um, I would kind of look at it as like when I listen to Tyler Childers, it's like the same thing. It's like you could view it as like the Mac Miller thing, mm -hmm. where it's like the aesthetic is just is what it is, and it's apparent in the music. And when you go to see them live, you're like, oh, my gosh. It's like this person has a real abandon to what they're doing. Same with Jack White. Yeah. And you were at Americana Fest where he performed at the award ceremony, right? Yeah. And yep. also had a great dialogue. You did? He did. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to bring up. Your thoughts on that, maybe. Oh, it's the truth, you know? Yeah. The thing about Americana music, it's basically like a room full of people saying we just want the truth. Mm -hmm. And whatever the truth is, we're not going to judge it as long as it feels like the truth. Right? And that's so beautiful. There, the truth, um, there's truth in trend, I feel like might be a real thing, like a, the contrast there. And Americana music, as long as the fan base keeps growing, I feel like you, if you like Americana music now, you're going to like where it's going because it's not based on a trend. Mm -hmm. It's based on talent and truth, and those are everlasting qualities. So if he used that platform, gaining Artist of the Year, to just speak the truth about country music and where it is, he has, he has my vote. Are these conversations that you and your friends are having in Nashville currently? Ooh, no, not really. You don't just sit around and talk about the state of Americana and things like that because you're so surrounded by it that I was curious if you guys even acknowledged it or if it was just so close to you that you're just living it and you're like, I, I don't know. I don't know what's in you. Know. It's both, right? Because okay. like when you're in right in the gears of the thing happening, you're kind of like, well, this person's a cliche. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's really easy to see cliche guy A mm -hmm. talk with the cliche guy B at cliche bar. X, right. You know what I mean? You can identify that and be like, okay, got it. If you're making music and you're actually putting things out on Spotify and you're asking the world to go listen to it, to press the link in your bio, to yeah. take time out of their day and listen, you're, and you're living in a community where it's like the person next to you is do, releasing their album next Friday and the person, right. it's like you're going to run into a lot of cliche people. You're going to run into a lot of negativity and things like that. I try to surround myself with people who are avidly creating and are staying on the positive side of creation and are trying to be unique artists onto themselves, much like I am myself. 
Um, so there are conversations like where we talk about music and things like that. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's like um, it's it's not like a, a very often thing where it happens, um, but some of the best conversations I have are honestly with people who I consider to be my heroes. You know what I mean? Yeah. People who are so far removed from the scene who like don't even live in Nashville and they, they hear like, what is Americana? Yeah. You know, it's like those are probably some of the best conversations I have about music. The what is Americana line made me think of the Milk Carton kids who you mentioned. Yeah. And, and you said that you worked with Kenneth and he's yeah. worked on producing your albums yeah. or your music. Just like I put out some songs this year and I've been listening to Kenneth forever. I listened to him since their first album came out. And he really, like, his guitar playing, for some reason, was the first guitar playing that was acoustic, that wasn't shreddy, that wasn't, like, um, save the day, lightning comes crashing through the ceiling. Everyone's like, what? Yeah. It was just so subtle. And I was, like, 15 or 16, so he'd been a hero of mine from the first note I heard him. And so when I went out to put out these songs, to, to record the songs and bring them into fruition, I straight up just cold-called Kenneth. And um, got his number from somebody and asked him if he, if, if if I could go into his living room and sing the songs for him, and he was into it. Um, and so we're doing another project here really soon, and it's just like this cool ongoing relationship with someone who I consider to be a hero. Yeah. Um, but their song they did for Americana Fest was so funny. It was brilliant. Yeah. I mean, speaking of speaking the <laughs> truth, like you know, with Tyler, I felt like it was a very similar thing. It was like uh, you know pulling back the curtain a little bit and saying, we don't know what we're doing here, which is admirable in its own way. I love that. Like, when people say they know what they're doing and, like, the audience is saying, I love this, it's kind of like when Andy Warhol was alive and there was all this modern art that was happening and that's now worth 30, <laughs> 40, 50 million dollars. Uh, it's like, I think that's a really, like, prime time to be creating music. When the audience is saying, we love this, the market's saying, we love this, but the people who are actually making it are like, what are the lines here? Like, yeah. like where can I actually, where, where can I stretch? It's beautiful. Stretch it, man. <laughs> you got a couple more minutes. I got a couple more questions for you. Cool. I want to know about your, your upbringing and whether or not your parents were musical in any kind of way or if that was something that just happened to you sort of out of the blue. Uh, what was your home, like, home life like growing up? Yeah. Moved to Nashville when I was eight years old. From where? New Jersey. Okay. My dad always played. He never played on stage. He never did it professionally by any means, which is like, shouldn't be the first thing that I mention because that doesn't matter. You know, the inclination to pick up a guitar should have nothing to do with if we want to make a living at it or not. Mm -hmm. But he, he ultimately ended up stopping. But he always played his whole life and loved music. I hated guitar. Um, I remember the first time I interacted with a guitar, it was on my fifth birthday party, and it popped my balloons <laughs> on the guitar headstock. And I remember saying, I hate this thing. <laughs> it's like so bulky and wooden, and it, was, it popped my balloons, and it made the loudest noise ever, and it was depressing. Yeah. Um, my dad always tried to get me to play, and it never worked. Like, I just hated it. I hated the sensation of holding the instrument so much. Um, but something clicked, man, when I was 12, and, like, it was just all uphill from there. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it went from trauma to one of the treasures in your life. Yeah. Ultimately, yeah, like the medium. That's a on sad my, story on the I balloons. Make. I mean, I that know. you're able to remember that, you know, it must have had a profound effect upon you. you know? If I ever have any success, I'm going to make some balloons that cannot be popped by guitar strings. Maybe balloons could be your thing. That could be like one of your icons or something. I would love to, to start a balloon stand giveaway for you. It all goes back to the balloons. Shows. 
Yeah, man. <laughs> Absolutely. I that's like, like that the yes. What about your mother? Was she in the picture she playing? My mom like doesn't listen to music. Yeah. She's like had the same literally like the same C D. <laughs> one like CD. one CD that like my dad made off like Kaza. Do you remember Kaza? I do, yeah. Like literally. Not that I ever had any part in that. I don't know anything mm, about yeah, it. Yeah, right. <laughs> I've heard of it. <laughs> like she had like seven or eight songs that she liked and my dad took them off Kaza and like put them on a CD for her and she has like the same CD like still works. Wow. It's like 11, 12 years old. You remember any of the tracks? I'm, I'm guessing you do. Um, Meet Virginia by Train is Excellent. one of them. Uh, Crash Into Me. Uh, Dave, Dave Matthews, like early Dave Matthews. Yeah. Um, um, Romeo and Juliet, Dire Straits. Um, Romeo and Juliet, uh, Indigo Girls, side by side. They go into each other. It's so funny. She would always cry when those two songs played. Um, I don't remember <laughs> the others. Wow. Yeah. All right. I like that. Indeed. She also listens to my music. Yeah. Well, that's what, you know, a good mom should do, I guess. Does she like your music? Yeah, she does. She does like yeah, it. Yeah, she really does. She's always like sending me like videos of her driving where my lyrics coincide with what's happening outside. Like I have this one song called Broke Down at, and it, uh, a line is uh, at a fork in the road, broke down. And like, just the other day, it's like her driving dangerously with my seven-year-old sister in the back and her like filming some broke down car and my <laughs> song's playing in the back. Wow. <laughs> She's supportive. It's good. That's amazing. Um, one last question. You have a YouTube series that you've started where you have a friend or a, someone that's not even a friend, actually, I think is how you described it, come to your house and do an impromptu improv improvisational jam. Yeah. Where did that come from and how's it going? It's going so well. It's crazy, like, how many people are, are really, like, the thing that draws them in is the fact that one musician can get together with another musician having never met before and discover common ground. And that's a beautiful thing. I kind of think that can resonate from a person to a person, whether music's involved or not. Um, for me, it's really, I'm learning a lot because there's so many musicians in town where I live in Nashville that I don't know. And I see so many people not using the city to their advantage. Yeah. Um, you could just hit somebody up on Instagram with the way the communication is now and just be like, man, do you want to come play in my living room? And we can just talk and, and get a sandwich after. And it, it works out. It's really fun. I'd like to eventually get it to be uh, more regular and, and, and film better because right now it's just on my iPhone shot horizontally. You know what I mean? Um, because like when you do vertical like Instagram, like it looks like it looks terrible, which I learned the first episode. Well, that's actually where I saw it was on Instagram, and I thought to myself, this is cool. I didn't think this looks weird or any kind of thing. You oh, know? dope. So that's it great. It works. Yeah. That's great. Cool. I'm looking forward to seeing that evolve and the rest of your career and everything as well. Keep thank going, you. man. Man, I will. And thank you all so much for having yeah, me. This absolutely. means the world. We appreciate it. Right on. Hey there. If you enjoyed this podcast, remember that you can check out hundreds more at DiddyTV.com. Just click on the podcast tab at the top of the page, and you can explore exclusive conversations with A-list and emerging artists in the Americana and Roots music scene. Just head to DiddyTV.com and click on the podcast tab. Thanks for listening.